Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be hanging out. We'll also have a very large Bible on this screen right here, as well as uh, if you want a free Bible, we actually have them in our info area. You can go and, and grab, a, grab a Bible on us. So Matthew chapter 6, and today we're going to be starting a brand new four-week series that we're calling Goals, and it's a series that's all about relationships. And um, I, I don't know if you know this, but relationships are a very big deal. Uh, we all have them, and, uh, but they're a really big deal. And here's why. And I always think about this when it comes to our relationships. Here's why our relationships are such a big deal. Because they determine the, the quality and the direction of your life. So the relationships that we have, the people that are in our lives, they actually determine the quality and the direction of our life. And we all have relationships and we all have goals for our relationships. We all have hopes. We all have dreams. And so if you've, if you've been on Instagram, you have probably seen this hashtag, goals. It's actually one of the most popular hashtags that are out there. Warning, if you check it out, I am not responsible for what all is on that hashtag. Uh, but because it, it's used over 74 million times just on that social media platform alone. And there's been times when, when I've posted pictures on social media of, of Heather and I or our family, and people have made that comment. They've gone, hashtag goals when they've seen that. So it, it maybe, maybe it's pictures like this. By the way, this was the very first picture that we took on May 22nd, 2004, when we got married. But this is a picture of that picture because in, we didn't have digital photography back in the day, so I had to take one, and then I put a little filter. Oh, oh hold up, go back, go back. That's way too fast. Don't show that goodness yet. They ain't ready for that. By the way, notice that strong pinky ring that I got in 2004. <laughs> Those babies. By the way, we celebrate 15 years of marriage this month. This month. That may or may not be why we're doing a relationship series. I don't know. And so 15 years. But then, then you know, we have like the new current photography and go. There we go. And so we, we, we'll post pictures like that. And then people sometimes will be like, Goals. Oh, if, if we could just have that. And maybe there's even pictures of like our family. So here's one of the first pictures that we ever took as a full family. This was, this was about, I don't know, about four, almost five years ago. And, uh, and this was back in the day. And, you know, that's, that's a little baby Caleb. I mean, like fresh out into the world, just Caleb. And, you know, they see pictures like that. And it was this one little moment of time after a lot of chaos in that 30 minutes. But they see that. They're like, goals. And then here's kind of a maybe, maybe a more recent one. This is one when actually we were moving here. And uh, that, I think this was like our, we're moving to Cincinnati to plant a church picture. And uh, I, love, I love that picture. I love how, how my oldest son Jordan's like, yeah, like I'm conquering the world. Um, and people will see pictures like that. And they'll say, I want that. I, I, I want that. But that is not always that. How many of you know social media doesn't tell the whole story? You know, like, what you see 
as goals is often intentionally crafted or perfectly angled, highly filtered, and carefully edited. So here's a great example. This was my, our family picture from Easter a few years ago, okay? So that was, this was a few years ago. We were on staff at a church in Texas. Look at Caleb mean mugging right there, just like. And so this was a few years ago. But this was actually the 99 other pictures out of the 100 were more like that. <laughs> and how many parents know, like, we're so thankful for digital photography so we can actually have a decent picture of our family. I don't know how that ever happened before that. But there was, you know, 99 pictures of that variation of a picture before we got the first one. And the first one is what we actually posted on social media because that is not always that. Now, don't get me wrong. Heather and I have an incredible marriage. We have an amazing family uh, she's my best friend, she's my partner, she's my teammate, my Bonnie to my Clyde, my ride or die. And then my, my favorite nickname is, I call her my crown. My crown, because in Proverbs twelve four it says, a worthy wife is a crown for her husband, and my girl is worthy, okay? And uh, she's beautiful inside and out, she makes me better, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that I make you better, um, <laughs> I think. Really, there's no, there's, there's no words that I can articulate how truly honored I am to be your husband. And no matter what, we have each other's back, and we've worked extremely hard to communicate well, and we've done like a, a lot of hard work to make sure that we have unifying vision and values for our family that we love doing things together, we love spending time together, we love eating together, going on vacations together, experiencing new adventures together, hanging out the house and just simply watching a television show together. Uh, we love serving God together and leading small groups together. And to keep it PG-13, we love to hang out one-on-one -on -one together. <laughs> we got two kids to prove it. Um, now, before you gag, at our Lifetime original movie love story. That's not the whole story. It's not always this happily ever after. And in fact, like I believe that happily ever after is really, it's not a destination, it's a process. In other words, that our relationships, our marriages, you never arrive, trust me, because our marriage at times is filled with challenges and struggles and massive miscommunication and painful misunderstandings and hurt feelings and intense disagreements, which is like pastor code for fights. In fact, last time we had a fight, Heather, she came crawling on her hands and knees to me. And she said, be a man and get up out from under that bed and fight like a man, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but we've slammed doors, we've thrown things, we've stormed off, we've yelled at each other, and we've given the silent treatment, and we've even hung up on each other a few times, which is not as dramatic with cell phones. Back in the day, you could do it with some attitude, you know? But now, it's like, you know, it's like. 
We fought about how dirty the house is, how dirty our cars are, how the pantry is organized or not organized, the temperature of the house, leaving lights on, leaving lights off. We fought about like which, which way the toilet paper should be on the roll. You know, I'm team over the top all day, like most sane people, okay? So. You know, we fought over how we use toothpaste. In fact, we've seen this picture. Anybody seen this picture? There's actually two, two types, two kinds of people. I feel like that, that's so accurate of our marriage. Um, we fought about how I drive, how she drives. We, we fought about what to watch on TV. Like, she's like, I cannot watch another minute of sports. And I'm like, I cannot watch another minute of reality TV. Uh, we've, we've thought about what to eat, what time to eat, how much we eat. Like, is that it? Is that all we're going to eat today? <laughs> we thought about our personal hygiene. Like me not cleaning up after I shave and have the little beard stuff all over the sink. We thought about that. You know, we even thought about like how many times a week we're going to shower. Like, come on, like let's step up our game a little bit, people. So when you say goals, I want that. I just want you to know what that really is. But I do like, with this whole idea of goals, I do like that people are wanting something different, something better for their relationships. Because I think we can all agree that normal just isn't working. That the status quo in relationship, it's it's just not working. Relationships so full of insecurity and fear and anger, bitterness, emotionalism, low commitment, and high divorce. You know, the good news is that the Bible talks a lot about relationships. And so what we want you to understand in this series is that God himself has goals for your relationships, And so in this series, we're going to be taking a look at four different goals that God has for your relationships. And so here's kind of the ground rules for this series. I think it's really important that we're all on the same page. And so I'm taking a little bit of extra time today to kind of intro this series because I really want to make sure that we're all on the same page because there's some very important ground rules. And here's the first one is listen for yourself, not for someone else. So in this series, I want to encourage you not to listen for your spouse, not to listen to, for your boyfriend or girlfriend, like listen for yourself, not for someone else. So there should be no elbowing the person beside you. There should be no passive, aggressive clearing of the throat, okay? Just, <clears throat> you know? <laughs> listen, you can't fix somebody else, you can only fix you. And so listen for yourself, not for somebody else. Here's the second thing. Regardless of your relationship status, this series is for you. And I want to make sure that you know that. Because some of you are like, okay, relationships, marriage, we're going to talk about that. That's not for me. No, like regardless of where you are in your relationship status, this series is for you. Because we believe that, God, that God's word, it speaks to every single area of our life in every season of our life. And so right now, every single person in this room, you're either one, laying a foundation, so you're either single or dating. Two, you're building on an already laid foundation, meaning you're engaged 
or you're married, or three, you're completely rebuilding on what may feel like a broken foundation. Maybe you're in a marriage right now that you feel is broken, or maybe you've experienced divorce, or maybe you're starting all over. And so all of us in this room fall into one of those things. So regardless of your relationship status, this series is for you. And here's the third one. I wanna encourage you, don't look back. That's a big deal. This is ground rules for this series. Do not look back. Because maybe you've made some mistakes in the past. And so as soon as you heard, here's the type of series that we're talking about. Maybe you're flooded with guilt, shame, regret. But I wanna make sure that, and look at me in the eyes. Just because you fail doesn't make you a failure. So listen, Jesus makes all things new. And in John 1, 14, it's a beautiful verse talking about Jesus. And it says at the very end that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And here's what I want you to understand. Notice the order. Full of grace. You can experience grace. And then he wants you to experience truth too. But in that order, full of grace and truth, Jesus specializes in fresh starts. And I found this quote from C.S. Lewis, and I love it. It says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Come on, that's good. So in this series, don't look back. Here's number four. That this series will focus on what the Bible says about relationships. And I think it's important that you know that. I'm gonna do my very best to prepare I'm gonna be my, do my very best to make sure that, that we're talking about things that apply to your everyday life, but we make no mistakes about it. We are going to talk about what the Bible says about relationships. And there's gonna be times in this series where maybe you're gonna to wanna to push back. There may be times in this series where you're gonna to wanna to straight up disagree. And a, a lot of what I'm going to be sharing is countercultural to what you've learned, to what you've experienced, to what's normal, to what you see in movies, to what you hear in songs. But I promise you that I'm not sharing opinion or self-help. Only what God says in the Bible about relationships and make no mistake about it, he has a lot to say about our relationships. So I challenge you to be here all four weeks of this series, to have an open heart and to put into practice what we talk about because I believe if you do, you're gonna experience relationships like you never have before in your life. And then here's the last one, is that number five, this series will be PG-13. Um, see, I believe church is the best place to talk about relationships, and it should be the safest place to talk about anything. And a lot of times, you know, you, you maybe have grown up in a church that avoided topics like this because of the potential conversations that it may bring up. And I, I just want you to know that, that we're going to talk about stuff in this series, and so maybe you haven't had conversations with your children and you don't want them hearing it from this guy and you want to hear it from you. And so I just want you to know that if you have kids fifth, fifth grade or younger, I highly encourage you to send them to Queen City Kids, um, that we have a world-class kids ministry. It's not just babysitting. It's a world-class kids ministry that really works hard to make sure that your kids learn about Jesus on their level.
Okay, so that's a little bit of kind of the ground rules. This series is going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to laugh a lot, uh, so it's okay. Loosen up a little bit. We're going to have a, we're going to have a, a lot of fun. And today we're going to be talking about the goal. And maybe you want to write down this 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 message title down. And this is, by the way, this is going to be a very good note taking series. I'm going to try to be very practical. Um, and we're going to be talking about the kind of today. The message is called finding the one. Okay, finding the one is what we're going to be talking about. Anybody that's scoping and hoping just said amen, okay? (laughs) But it may not be what you think, okay? So let's pray. Let's invite God. God, we love you. We thank you for today. God, we just uh, invite your presence here. Speak to us. We give you permission to speak into any area of our life. Relationships, yes, but anything. And God, our hearts is that we don't play church today and that we walk out of here different than when we walked in. So God, will you help us? teach us what it means to truly find and build our life on the one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now here's the, like the, the big problem that I have with this whole idea and thoughts and this hashtag of goals. Because I think it encourages this cultural myth that to truly be fulfilled, to truly be happy, to truly be complete, you have to find the one. And so we desperately search and overanalyze everything and everybody to find the one, thinking that when we finally find that one person, everything will be perfect. And that when you find the one, marriage will be easy. (laughs) And then that when you find the one, that they will complete you. And let me tell you, that's a lie. And I desperately want people to realize that you don't need another person to complete you. Single is a whole number. Jesus was single, and he lived a pretty good life. And so write write this down or take a picture because it may not be up there long enough because it's a long sentence. If you try to build intimacy with another person before getting whole on your own, all your relationships become an attempt to complete yourself. And so you need to understand that. Jesus, not another person, not a spouse, not a boyfriend or girlfriend, only Jesus can complete you. That's why Jesus says this in Matthew chapter six. And we're gonna start in verse 31. It says, so don't worry, don't worry. Why do you worrying so much about this? Don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Your God knows. But then he says this, Jesus talking, but seek, everybody say this word with me, first. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So when I give this message title, Finding the One, I'm not talking about finding a spouse or a future spouse. I'm talking about finding Jesus. Seek first his kingdom, and then all these other things will be, 
will be given to you as well. That's putting Jesus first in your life. That on the depth chart of your life, out of all the different things that make up your life, on the depth chart of your life, Jesus holds the top spot. Jesus doesn't just wanna be on your list, he wants to be first on your list. He wants to be first in every single relationship you have, in your friendships, in your family, in your marriage. He wants to be first in your time, in your money, in everything. He wants to have that top spot, that first spot. See, Christianity isn't just a belief system. It is a priority system. It is about putting Jesus first. And so here's the big idea, and you can't miss this. If you miss this, I'm sorry. All the points are gonna be super confusing. So you have to at least lock in for the next 30 seconds. You have to get this. Here's the, here's the main idea. The big point of today is that Jesus is my one, and my spouse or my future spouse is my two. You have to get that. Jesus is my one, and my spouse or my future spouse is my two. So if you're not married, you're not looking for the one, you're looking for your two. That if you are married, you're not trying to become a better one. You're trying to become a better two. So what does that practically look like in our day-to-day lives? I wanna give you four things and I gotta fly through these. Okay, here's, here's the first one. And the first one is if you're not married. So if you're not married, really perk up, okay? Number one, I will seek and serve the one while I prepare for my two. I will seek and serve the one while I prepare for my two. In other words, I will seek and serve Jesus while I prepare for my future spouse. That if you want a God-first relationship in the future, you have to have a God-first life today. That what if your time being single wasn't wasted, but rather invested? Because so many times we have this mentality that one day when I find the right one, I'll settle down. I'll live for God then. I'll get connected at church when I have a family, whenever we start having kids, whatever the case is, I'll get connected later. And one day when I find the right one, I'll stop hooking up. I'll stop sleeping around. I'll stop emotionally leading people on. I'll stop looking at pornography. I'll stop being controlling. I'll stop being jealous. I'll stop having such a bad temper. Just one day when I find the one, thinking that marriage and the right relationship will fix everything. Now, let me tell you that marriage, it doesn't change your habits. It exposes them. It doesn't change it. Your marriage won't change all those things automatically when you say, I do. That your marriage, it it doesn't change your habits. What it really does, it puts a bright spotlight on them. You cannot build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today. And so preparing for marriage is less about finding the right person and more about becoming the right person. So seek the one while you prepare for your two and serve the one while you prepare for your twos. I'm telling you, if I was single, I would be planting myself in church. I would be getting my butt to grow track. I would be learning about what it means to get planted in this church. I would be jumping in small groups. I would be leading small groups. I'd be serving somewhere around here. I'm telling you, I would run after Jesus with everything that I have, and then I would look around every now and then to see who's keeping up. That's what I would do. 
You want to know where I met my wife, a.k.a. the healthiest and best relationship that I've ever had? Not in the club, not in the bar. I met my wife in church. What better place to find your spouse? Now, don't be weird. (laughs) Don't be creepy. We'll call you on it. If you're being creepy and weird, we will tell you. Stop it. I'm not joking. I'm for real. We'll tell you. See, Jesus, Jesus was asked, what was the most important commandment? Out of all the things, what's the most important thing? And he answers in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest. Like, I want you to, to love God with everything. Let me tell you, the greatest gift that you can give your future spouse is to genuinely love God today. It's the best thing. So that's number one. If you're not married, I will seek and serve the one while I prepare for my two. And now my married people, here's number two. I will seek and serve the one with my two. I will seek and serve the one with my two. In other words, I will seek and serve Jesus with my spouse. See, there's something special about seeking and serving God together. And let me take the pressure off if you're married in here because you're like, I don't even know what that means. What does that look like? Here's the deal. Like what's the right rhythm for Heather and I may not be the right rhythm for you and your spouse. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It can look a lot of different ways and a lot of different seasons. You know, it may look like just praying together and we just spend some time, even if it's 30 seconds. You don't have to do an hour long prayer meeting Husbands, you don't have to, okay? But just, hey, we're just gonna pray together. Maybe it's, we're gonna share every week prayer requests and say, hey, pray for me this way this week and just know that you're praying for each other. Maybe it's reading the Bible together. Maybe it's not reading the Bible together. Maybe it's doing a daily devotional together. Maybe it's getting planted. Now, let me encourage you with this. Your family needs to be planted in the house of God. It doesn't have to be this one, but it needs to be one, a church somewhere. You need to plant yourself in church. By the way, that is what step one of the growth track is all about today. That I'm gonna do my very best. I teach step one. I I will do my very best to tell you enough about this church to see whether or not you wanna plant yourself in this church. That's what step one's all about. So if you wanna hear our story, our vision, our values, all those things, we're gonna be talking about that in step one today. But I encourage you as a couple, get planted. Maybe go through Grow Track together. Maybe be in a small group together. Maybe lead a small group together. Serve on the dream team together. Like whatever the case, like there should be ways that you are seeking and serving the one with your two. Can I tell you one of the best things for my marriage is you. You are literally one of the best things for my, my marriage. Leading this church. Leading, we, like this past semester, we led a, a premarital small group. Shout out to some of my people in here. I tell you, that made our marriage be good because we weren't about to roll up in that small group with a jacked up marriage. <laughs> Teaching, this is how you do it. Right? Because we're seeking and serving the one together. Here's what I know. It is impossible to seek Jesus and grow apart. Impossible. It's impossible to seek Jesus and grow apart. In fact, check out this this illustration, okay? I love this. So if a husband and a wife both seek 
Jesus? Do they grow closer together or apart? Closer together. So I, I love that. I love that picture. This is what a picture of marriage should look like. A husband and a wife seeking Jesus. And maybe you're here, and this is not in my notes, but I feel like this is the Holy Spirit, is that maybe you're here and your spouse is not serving God. What do you do then? Listen, you go after Jesus, and it may take longer, but eventually it'll get there. So we're going to seek and serve the one with my two. Um, there's something special and beautiful about seeking and serving the one with your two. It knits our hearts together in such a beautiful way. And my prayer is that every single marriage in Queen City Church looks like this. That's my prayer. And I love this in Proverbs chapter three. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, everything. And lean not, not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to God to seek and serve the one with your two and he will make your path straight. So these next two are for everybody, okay? So number three, I will never forget that my two belongs to the one. I will never forget that my two belongs to the one. In other words, I will never forget that my spouse or my future spouse belongs to Jesus. Sir, let me remind you that she is not yours. Ma'am, let me remind you that he is not yours. See, I, I thought about this this week, is that marriage, all it is, is stewardship. Marriage is stewardship. Dating is stewardship. And here's the definition of stewardship. The careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. That is marriage. That is dating. That we get the amazing privilege of stewarding the heart of our husband and wife or our boyfriend and girlfriend or a fiance. And not only will I never forget that the two belongs to the one, I will never forget that the one paid a high price for my two. Never forget that. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, and let me just have a little bit of exegetical imagination. For God so loved your two that he gave the one, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So I will never forget that my two belongs to the one. And then here's the last one, number four. I will never confuse my two with the one. I will never confuse my two with the one. In other words, I will never expect my spouse to be my savior. Because your spouse or honestly, any other relationship is never designed to be your savior. You're one. That's way too much pressure for any person. That, listen, they are not responsible for your joy, your happiness, your contentment, your fulfillment, your provision, your strength, your peace, your purpose. They are not responsible for all those things. There's only one who is designed, equipped, and able to be your one. And that's Jesus. 
So here's the big question today. The big question for all of us, regardless of your relationship status, who is the one in your life? Who is the one? Who's at the top of your depth chart? Who is the one in your life? Is it a spouse? Is it a fiance? Is it a girlfriend? Is it a boyfriend? Is it a friend group? Is it yourself? Is it your kids? Listen, I know that that's really real temptation. That whenever you have kids, your whole life comes about your kids. But your kids aren't designed to be your one either. So you build your life on your kids, your family, are they the, your one? Is it your career? Is it money? Is it possessions? Is it a reputation? Or is it the only person who is designed, equipped, and able to be your one, Jesus? I'll read this again, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first the one and all these other things two will be given to you as well. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And just in this moment, I'm going to ask you to remain still, to not look around, to not be a distraction. If you're new around here, we get to this part in the service every single week, and I just encourage you to just pray this little prayer and just ask God, God, what are you speaking to me? Maybe another way to ask it is say, God, how does my life need to look different because of what we just experienced, what you just said? How is my Monday gonna look different because of my Sunday? And just ask him. And for some of you, I ask you again, Who is the one in your life? And we wanna give you the opportunity to make the most important decision of your life, the decision to make Jesus number one in your life. And maybe you're here and he's not number one in your life. And right now you feel like you're so far from God. Maybe you've never made the decision to make him number one in your life. Or maybe you have in the past and all of a sudden he's not anymore. He's not that spot on your list. Listen, you are one sincere, heartfelt prayer away from everything changing. And the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, he will save you. And I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm asking you to make Jesus the number one in your life. And if you'd like to experience that today, we're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. I'm just gonna lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you want to be included in that prayer, if today you need to get right with God, if today you need to say, Jesus is not my number one and he needs to be. And I wanna lead this place with Jesus as the number one spot in my life. If that's you, I want you without hesitation to raise your hand right now. Just raise it up, just put your hand up. I wanna make him number one in my life. I got you, I got you, it's awesome. I got you, I got you, that's great. Anybody else, I got you. That's awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Thank you. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart. And it's not about the words that we say. It's about really meaning this from the bottom of our heart. Just say, Jesus, today I choose to make you number one. I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you or I've lived my life in a way where you're not number one. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me today? Will you, the Savior who specializes in making things brand new, will you make me brand new today? I surrender my whole life to you, everything. I give you everything and I choose to follow you. Thank you so much for speaking to me today. Thank you for encouraging me. And God, right now, I pray for every single relationship that's represented in this room. And God, we invite you into that space of our lives. And even in every single relationship, friendship, dating relationship, marriage, relationship with our families and our kids, God, we choose to put you first above all those things. We, make a, we all make a fresh commitment to make you first. And so God, would you lead us? Would you help us continue over the next three weeks as we dive into your word? Will you speak to us, challenge us, encourage us? And God, I just pray for every single relationship in Queen City Church. God, I pray that it's strengthened, that they're blessed. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.